Today's episode of Bitter Units is brought to you in part by the American Homebrewers Association. The AHA has a host of benefits for joining, including discounts at over 2,500 beer businesses like breweries, bars, restaurants, and homebrew supply shops in the U.S. and worldwide. You'll also get access to discounts on many brewing publications, award-winning homebrew recipes, and expert advice. Go to bitterunits.com to learn more. This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Summer Shandy. People go nuts about Summer Shandy, but they go nuts about Summer Shandy until like the third week of July. Special guest tonight. He's a member of our crew, so to speak, at uh, the Tailgate Society. Um, a longtime listener, first time participant, JT. Tell us all about him. Well, you kind of put me on the spot, here, so I don't really know what to say here. Uh, usually, I like to let the guests introduce themselves. So, yeah, Sean's been a member. Been a member for how many years now? You've been here for a little bit. Three-ish? Two and a half? I, I don't know. Say, somewhere. I don't even know how long I've been a part of it at this point. But yeah, uh, SFEMS is this great, or SFEZ, I think, SMFEZ, I believe it is, on the Slack yeah. channel. But yeah, Sean's been part of us for a while. He's been a good member of the Tailgate Society, and uh, we're happy to have him here on board talking about beer. And he chose a good one. He chose the Milk Stout by Left Hand Brewing, which is one of the first craft beers i actually had so it's kind of nice to go down that road but yeah great beer great contributor and uh looks like he's a anaheim ducks fan <laughs> today anyway <laughs> so so sean is not only uh, a contributing member at the tailgate society you may know him from podcasts such as matinee baseball if you listen to the other ones that we keep telling all of you to listen to, get off your asses and listen to the other pods of the Tailgate Society for fuck's sake already. Um, but Sean, on that particular pod, is the voice of reason as far as I'm concerned, because the other two people on it are insane. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, Any I mean, podcast? One of them. One of them loves of Dazed and Confused, and you know who I'm talking about. And one of them doesn't. So. Um, <laughs> One of them it's an okay correct. movie. Um, but Sean is also in the retail side of our industry, which is another reason he's here tonight. Um, how, why don't you uh, give us a brief rundown on what it is you do, Sean? All right. Well, I, I guess at this point in my journey, uh, I am I am now. So uh, basically an assistant manager and a, in charge of, you know, be, some beer ordering and liquor ordering for a sports bar, um, small sports bar uh, in central Iowa. Um, it, it's been, oh, I don't know, this is the ninth or tenth year of me in the industry anyway, uh, from various different jobs. Um, 
but yeah, now I'm in charge of, you know, figuring out what works in our store, what doesn't, uh, what sells, what doesn't, what I can move. Um, and it's been fun. I mean, it's, it's something I've kind of been doing for a few years, but about the last two, I've been a lot more hands-on and being able to actually make my own decisions and speak up in what we, what we want to do for products. How many taps do you have then? Uh, I think right now we're only at, I think we're seven or eight. We have, we have a, basically a sister store in town. Um, I think they run like 14 or 16 or something. So we'll kind of even bounce off them, you know, what works with them and, uh, what doesn't sort of thing. So it's good to have, I, you know, we get a couple of voices within our own town of what's working and what's not. And uh, we experiment a little, they experiment a lot sort of thing. But it's a, it's a good little, little mixture and we find the bigger sellers. But every now and then we'll dabble in some smaller specialty stuff. Yeah, so of those seven or eight, that, by the way, my, I've, I've said on this podcast before that I think eight would be my kind of ideal lineup, frankly, if I were uh, running a bar. Uh, but of those kind of eight taps, I assume some of those are ones that you're like, you're never going to take off, right? You know, because... Yeah. Right, and then some of them you're probably changing up a little bit. What's kind of right. that mix? It Like, how many of those are, are, you know, whether that be, you know, some towns just really like bush light and you're never going to take bush right. light off, off the tap tower. What What's kind of like... How, how many are, are mainstays and how many do you get to play around with a little bit more? So I guess lately we haven't done a lot of change up, um, but it is like our two concretes. Like we do Bud Light Coors Light. Those are those sit on there about every other month we hear from somebody at a table about, why don't you have Bush Light on tap? And every single time they ask, I go, well, are you going to drink it out of a bottle if I don't have it on tap? And they go, well, yeah. That's why I don't have it on tap, man. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect uh, answer. But so, so those are, you know, our big, you know, domestic staples that are pretty much always there. Then we get into, uh, we do a couple of kind of rotating um, locals. We keep one from Exile on, one from Confluence on. We have one from Peace Tree. And boy, I feel like there's one more you think I would know these things uh, I think that might be it and then we do uh, we do a blue moon that never leaves and then we have one that we basically kind of rotate seasonal um, whatever we kind of you know talk with reps try some stuff out see what we have what we like what we think will sell and that's we have one tap that's basically rotating every two months two three months or so mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah then beyond that it's a couple locals that we do for the most part, you know, the popular fallbacks, but every now and then test some different stuff with them that we want to try out. If we, you know, if we don't have a dark seasonal on tap and we want to bring in maybe a GG from Exile or something and hold that for a bit just to have a dark option on tap. So it's a good little mix anyway. Right on. So um, we're going to get you in into the deep water here. Um, tell JT how wrong he is about for ordering flights. That flights I, are dumb. 
and you shouldn't order them. I could not be more happy that we do not do flights. That sounds like such a disaster and a nightmare. And there is no reason one person needs to go into one establishment to essentially drink one beer but dirty four or five glasses. Uh, that sounds terrible to me. Um, but that doesn't, that's different going to a brewery as opposed to a sports bar. Well, right. Yeah. It's, we've had people ask, like, if we do flights in our store. And it's just like, dude, do you really want a flight of Coors Light, Bud Light, and Blue Moon? Like, absolutely yeah. not. Get out. Moon, no. Like, who the hell is going to a bar like, I want a flight? Yeah. Uh, uh, they, you know what? They do the that's... B-dubs. Don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but B-Dub has like 27 taps, and they're mo- known for having multiple beers. So Yeah, I was going to say, some of the larger ones definitely do uh, flights just because if, you, if your claim to fame is that you have, you know, Excellent. 25, yeah. 30, 100 tap lines, I could see why people would go into those places and say, well, I, you know, I want to try a lot of things here. But yeah, at a, at a sports bar with eight, that would be <laughs> that would be a little silly. But yeah, even places that have ever, I don't know that I have ever done a flight of beer in my life just because it's just... It's because you're a decent human being. I'm a guy that, yeah, I'll look at it and I'm just like, okay, I will drink 16 ounces of this one and try it. And then, you know, if I want to try something else, I'll do something else. But also because I'm bad at flights in that you know if you set me four little shots of beer i'm just gonna house them i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm no not a sampling. sipping gut. yeah it's just, <laughs> you can't you don't sip on something that's an you know an ounce and a half two ounces it's, you shoot that man that's what it's what it's there for oh yes that sounds 100 percent correct to me I think I've heard of places even doing like Moscow mule flights where they'll do different ones and they have tiny little mule cups and it's just, what, why, what are we doing here? Yeah, absolutely I've, I've seen those. Those are silly. Are they, are they in copper cups then? Cause don't you actually have to put a Moscow mule in a... They, they do make tiny little like, yeah. like four ounce, uh, copper mugs. That seems like an unnecessary waste of money from the bar standpoint. It, it looks stuff's not cheap. It looks like it looks like uh, baby's first cocktail. It really yeah. is just a tiny little. Yeah, yeah, but it looks so cute, and everybody loves to, you know, on their Sunday brunch wants to take their Instagram pictures of them, and and, and you can charge twice as much. Yeah, more. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god! Like it's twenty five dollars for two shots of liquor. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean that's obviously maybe from a, a the bar standpoint a reason you would do flights, right, is because you're pouring less booze, but you're getting a premium for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or you should be able to, I right. would think. So um, I'm sure that Maybe. that's part of the reason they do it, because suckers like right. JT. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to hide on the fact I love flights. <laughs> but I think I think the people who are doing their training wheels with that should just probably just stick to Boone's farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boone's Farm, yes. Do they still make uh, that crap? They they do, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can't believe it's going away, and somebody's buying it. There's 16 year olds somewhere buying it. <laughs> people like Aaron. That's what I like about them high school girls. <laughs> if I'm gonna go back to a, a Days and Confused reference, yeah. I get older, <laughs> they keep drinking Boone's Farm. <laughs> <laughs> They keep drinking the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. 
<laughs> so, uh, Sean, tell us a little bit uh, about how you got into the industry. What you know, is this something where you just started bartending to to earn some cash? Is this something where you actually, you know, how, tell us kind of the backstory? How did you get to hit where you are today? Yeah, so um, I guess the story re- realistically starts with when I I was twenty one and I dropped out of U and I. So that's a, it's whatever it's what you want the start of your saga to be, um, yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, it was after that I, I took a job working at the restaurant I now manage in. Um, but at the time, I just took you know I was I'll serve for a little bit while I look for a full time you know real job as as people always want to approach it. Uh, but yeah, I was doing that, and then after about a year, we had. We had some bartending shifts open up. You know, I asked them and just like, hey, well, I guess I'm here. You know, can you train me to do it? Um, and then between that and I started bartending, I ended up started working. I was working full time. I was working six days a week at that point. Uh oh. Did we, did we lose you? Oh, I no. Think we lost him. <sighs> well, uh, this happened on on uh, the last matinee baseball i think too uh apparently oh, really? yeah apparently tez lives in a a internet dead zone he shouldn't because if he's got cfu cfu is freaking awesome up there. oh well it, it, maybe he's just really good at doing the mannequin challenge i don't there you go <laughs> sorry about that i had to duck out and go tell my kid to stop flipping the lazy boy legs up and down so loud upstairs oh uh no worries we've lost our guest yeah if if you want to uh scat wait um, you might have him back sean hey hey sean am i back am i good we lost you for a second so yeah yeah i just want to restart with that question we'll start over again then tim yeah yeah okay okay Okay. so note to david beep that go ahead and edit (laughs) from behind whatever anyway all right um so sean tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry what was your start how did you get into uh what you're doing now yeah so um so i started what did i say it's been nine ten years i guess whenever whenever i was 21 so do you know how old you are uh, some days I don't. Uh, <laughs> I believe I'm still 30. Uh, so yeah, it was about nine years ago. I took a serving job uh, with the restaurant that now I manage in, um, and I just, you know, at the time it was a, a gap filler of until I found something full time, a, you know, a big boy job sort of thing. Um, then I, it was about a year later. We had between some managers leaving, bartenders leaving, stuff like that. There was some bartending stuff opening up, so I started bartending in the store. Uh, then we basically just kept doing that for about the next four or five years. I was, you know, got to the point I was working full time. I was working 35, 40 hours a week, you know, six days a week, um, making decent money. You know, as supporting me as a 24 year old or whatever you know uh then i ended i kind of moved on for a little bit i had a friend at one of the college bars in town that needed some help um so i kind of moved on i was helping him 
then I started, it was just me and him running it, you know, so I was working six days a week there. And that's, that's where I kind of really got the start of working with beer distributors, doing liquor orders, knowing what you need to keep in a store, you know, so you're not, so you're not sitting on giant excess, stuff like that, you know, ordering what you need, stuff like that. And then, and then also getting the freedom to, we, we had a very relaxed owner who you basically told us, you know, anything you guys want to try that you think will work, go for it. You know, he didn't have a problem spending a little extra cash on some different beers. Uh, so I did that for another three, four years. Uh, then I was just, I was at the point it wasn't, uh, you know, I was done working till three thirty four in the morning in a bar all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and compounded with I got the a uh, a, a lovely little DUI that uh, was not great. Don't do that. Luckily, you know nothing bad. I got pulled over for I had a license plate light being out, so sure. I didn't hurt anybody. Nobody nobody come find me. Uh, and it was a bad mistake, but uh, you know it kind of bumped me into. Um, I was working back with my old store again. Uh, it was just easier hours on me and stuff like that. And they had a manager job come open and, you know, they came around and asked me about it. And they're like, well, we might try a couple people for it. But if somebody wants to do it full time, you know, we might consider it. And I was like, I will absolutely do it full time. Uh, one, I'm very broke right now and you're offering me health benefits. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Um, and so, yeah, and that was about... I think a little over two years ago. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years or so is running, running day to day stuff, you know, bar orders, liquor orders. Um, and then, you know, there's other staffing, scheduling, stuff like that. That's boring and sucks and would be, my job would be a lot cooler if I didn't have to do, but, uh, but I guess one of the pros and cons, uh, but no, I've enjoyed it. It's great. I, I enjoy working back in a, you know, in an environment where face-to-face, you know, I get to see 100, 200, 300 different people a day and interact with them. You know, they're not always great, and some of those suck, but it's it's been a ride, and it's been, thankfully, a pretty good ride. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so said- from, okay. from the business side of it, you know, when you talk about the the ordering the beers and all that, obviously dealing with distributors. It's can you think of a time where you look back at it and you go, I absolutely got sold by this distributor on, you know, you brought in a beer or something that they were, they hyped it it up to you or whatever. And then it just tanked. Um, Yeah. I mean, we've had, there's for sure been some over the years that, you know, just the second we got them in, like, um, Luckily, at least at one point, I was pretty close with some of our beer distributors that, like, my dude, my guy that worked with Dole Distributing, that worked with Anheuser-Busch, would, uh, he'd even straight, up, he'd, we'd meet and he'd straight up tell me and be like, hey, man, I'm supposed to push this beer, you know, I'm supposed to make X amount of sales on this. And I'm like, whatever, dude, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. I'll get one case. And, you know, he'd try and edge me towards are you sure you don't want to do more? You don't do like two or three? And I'm just like, no, dude, I don't want to do two or three. I know I can't sell this beer, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to sell a case. But yeah, there were for sure some that came in. Like we had one not even too long ago. 
I had a guy come in and he just kind of he goes, yeah, I wish I could remember what the name of the beer was. Um, but he's like, yeah, he goes, it's been, it was an IP, double IPA or something of some sort. And he was all about, it. it's been selling great. It's doing fantastic. Uh, you know, everybody loves it. They say it's amazing. It's one of their favorites. And, you know, and I shouldn't have, I should have asked more questions. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Okay, we'll give it a go. Uh, we'll try it. And he delivered it to us. And it was like $84 a case or something from the distributor. Mm. And we're just like, dude, we have to charge like $11 a can yeah. for this. And that's just absolutely not going to happen. Like, you're going to take this back and you're going to refund us. Like, it was, or, or my owner's going to have some talks with some people in charge of your job and we're going to have a problem. But I think that was the one time I probably got took the hardest. But yeah, there's been a few that, you know, either. Yeah, you for sure get oversold on some stuff, and they tell you how great it is, how, you know, everybody, nobody can keep it in stock, and then you buy it, and then you find out everywhere in town's running sales on it because nobody can move it, and it's just not good stuff. And I really wish I could remember the name of that beer. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't, and and unfortunately, sometimes that even happens to, to what are good beers. Um, for what they are, they're just not what people want to have. Right? Yeah. It's right. Not what? Yeah. It's not what people no. are buying, and it's you know, it's. Um, I mean, I know it was a, a sort of a battle we had for years. With every year, there's a fight of, you know, summer shandy. People go nuts about summer shandy, but they go nuts about summer shandy until like the third week of July. Yeah, and then after that, nobody wants to ever drink summer shandy until March of next year, and you right. can't sell it, you can't get rid of it. Um, and you've already, you've already got something. Not that Blue Moon is a shandy, but you already have something on your tap line that kind of fills that same right. niche, yeah. right? That people are, are looking for that has that fruitier uh, and ref, you know refreshing type of thing on there. So, right. yeah, buying a case of 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 summer shandy in is fine. Buying Something that's gonna, it's like it's like uh, all these Oktoberfests, right? Right. Everybody needs an Oktoberfest, and come November one, just dump it. Uh, yeah, we had. It was a couple years ago that we had a. Uh, we had people go nuts over the. I think it's back pocket that does the Hocktoberfest here yeah. in Iowa. Yep. 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 Um, yep. And we could not what, keep Cor- it in stock. Coralville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, then, actually, really cool beer garden, by the way. Yeah, and we couldn't keep up, and so finally, like, we're just like, okay, whatever, like, give us, you know, I think we were running it on tap, and we did. We're just like, okay, give us like two kegs, and then it was like the next week, nobody wanted Oktoberfest anymore. We're just like, yeah. what in the God's name are we gonna do with all of this beer? And you know, it, at some point, you just gotta hope you can break even, you know, undercut the price on it so much that you can get rid of it and move on and the that seasonal stuff is tricky to deal with you know in a in a bar restaurant sort of scenario like because you don't know when people are just going to stop um it turns out there's a lot of you know young people and people who will just drink cheap that if you put summer shandies on sale for two bucks you'll get rid of summer shandies yeah 
you can, you can burn through it now. Whether <laughs> right. you're going to make a whole lot of money off of it is a whole other right. thing. But at least you can you can burn <clears throat> through that thing. So that's one of the advantages I think that breweries have when they have something like that is they can go ahead and uh, rebrand that thing. Yeah. Right. So right. if 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 I have an Oktoberfest and I, on November one it dies, uh, that's not an Oktoberfest anymore. That's just a German lager. Right. Uh, you know, I, I can get away with with still probably trying to, you know, even if I can't sell it for six dollars a pint, maybe I can do four dollars a pint or whatever. Right. Uh, but a, a brewery, you got you have to sell what the what the wholesaler and the brewer sold you. Sean, <laughs> right? Sean can rebrand things. He's got a Sharpie. <laughs> just scribble right across I've that seen, label. I've seen plenty of, of bars do that. <laughs> yeah, we, we've gotten a few of those. Yeah, just blank little, like even tap headers. Just like, I don't yeah. know, right? Whatever you want on there. It's just, oh, all right, man. <laughs> this is our $2 mystery beer. Yeah. Put a strip of duct tape down it so you can peel it off and put a new something else on there later. And just a question mark. And that's yeah, all that's right. on there. Well, and I mean, and I guess three dollar mystery beers or whatever yeah. on, on tap. Yeah, I can't <laughs> confirm it because, you know, we've never done a thing. We've kind of been approached about it. But uh, I know like Buzzard Billy's in Des Moines does, you know, it's just their house beer. It's the Billy's beer or whatever they call it. And it's basically, you know, whatever somebody needs to burn through, they throw it on yep. tap for $4 a pint. And and it's just, you, they never tell you what it is, <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, the cake I, stand does a dollar beer. Uh, that's a mystery beer. And I know the iCubs at one beer stand, one beer stand used to have a $2 draw of beer, which had a baseball game. Hell yes. Right. But you never knew what it was going to be. But yeah, I know that that's how the cake stand gets rid of some old cakes they just need to get rid of. Right. Put it for a dollar, and <clears throat> sometimes you get a stout, sometimes you get an IPA, sometimes you get red, sometimes you get bush light. Doesn't matter. For a dollar, are you really going to complain? Well, I've told the story in here before how I don't know who remembers uh, Budweiser American Ale. This might have been like. 15 years ago or whatever, but there was Budweiser American Ale, and it totally tanked because why is Budweiser, the the light beer maker, <laughs> trying to sell me this amber ale? And uh, it went away. Well, it didn't go away, and they still had excess inventory, uh, but that just became the house beer at a lot of restaurants. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Did they do an American Ale in bottles like four or five years ago? They might have tried another attempt. That's so. That was before they went on their acquisition spree. Okay. And so they that they were that was their attempt to kind of dip into craft before the craft beer really took off. But to to like in anticipation of the the craft beer revolution, the second craft beer revolution really um, that hit in the the early to mid two thousands, they were trying to compete with craft. And after that didn't go well, they continued to make it and sell it to restaurants as a house beer. But then they they pivoted and said, "Well, we won't compete with Kraft. We'll just buy them." Okay. Not not a bad strategy, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it turned out to work out pretty well for for a lot of those larger companies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, we talked about what beers kind of you you have on um what kind of styles you go through um but let's talk about what what styles uh you drink so aaron just referred to this last night as uh the question 
So we're going to ask you the question we ask all of our guests. You are you are stranded on a desert island, or maybe apparently prison, as we learned. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you're stranded, and you uh, can pick three, four, five beers. Oh, man. What, what do you want to be stuck with? That's not good. I'm going to fail this question so bad. I, you know, I'm not even sure if this is a pass-fail question, but I'm going to fail. Um, <laughs> It's I I told Tim this in a text the other day because I actually forgot to respond to what beer do I want to have on the pod? Uh, I go, dude, I go, I'm playing. I I drink White Claws and Bud Light. I I don't get <laughs> like, and I'll try different stuff. Um, I guess in maybe out of curiosity, I still haven't tried it, but I've really wanted to. So maybe I'll throw that Oreo Speedwagon on there because I've heard nothing but good things about that beer. Just never gotten around to trying it we we i think uh, we all all three of us enjoyed that yeah uh, my favorites it's uh man after that what have i had in a while you can Yikes. do if you've got some favorite white claws that would still count I'd, i mean yeah, you wouldn't be the first person to include a seltzer yeah. I'd, I, I mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna not say black cherry white claws i fly through those yeah. things like they are literal water um one of, one, might, of our, one of our guests, I, an actual brewer, chose Truly Lemonade. Uh, so you're right on course with that. Uh, yeah, it might save me. It, it might kill me. I don't know. It's, it could go multiple ways. Um, <laughs> man, I don't know. Like I said, it's just I've never been. I, I'll go up, like, I, I'll get samples from distributors and stuff like that, and you know, even try new beers on taps at local places, but I just don't really drink a lot of different stuff anymore. And that's that's just boring old me that never I don't want to say never got into, you know, craft beers and different beers because there was a stretch of that, but the time I think I enjoyed it most was when I was broke and I couldn't afford to go anywhere and get them. <laughs> uh, so that was just very poor timing. Um can I just pick Jaeger after that? Does that count? <laughs> I, Jaeger absolutely uh, counts. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out a scenario. Actually, no, that's that's actually that probably makes sense. If I'm on a desert island and I'm getting to a point where I would just prefer to black out and not think about <laughs> about life anymore, <laughs> I think I think Jaeger would, would probably would probably work you don't have a freezer you can't keep it cold uh it would be a big yeah, downside to jaeger yeah yeah warm jaeger yeah. yeah um yeah yikes Oof. yeah i, I like that <laughs> i didn't think that one through did you, <laughs> you <clears throat> now you're stuck with this it's, i mean thick. i guess uh, i guess i the first Ugh. thing i thought of was just like i guess there's warm things i you know I don't want to drink warm or hot fireball because I've done that and yikes. Oh. I, I went to oh. a bar in Pella once that didn't keep their fireball in a freezer. They kept it on a shelf. Damn, but that, Dutch. But that shelf was right in front of a neon sign that they left on all day long. Oh, so it's so hot, it's hot, hot. Not hot even room day. temperature. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Made top two it, worst shots I've ever taken it, in my it, life. It's fireball that's actually on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we put the fire in fireball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, terrible. 
So oh, you mentioned you, you mentioned the seltzers. Have you seen a huge increase into that the past couple of years as far as trying to take care of making sure your customers are taken care of? Yeah, I mean it's been it's been pretty big, especially the last couple of years. Like I know um I mean I know a couple of places have tried, you know, they do the different ones they'll bring in. I know a place in town, I think just last week brought in like the truly lemonades and stuff like that to try that out. Um, but, and I guess at least in our store, at least it's not a huge amount that we go through, but we definitely like, we go through white claw a lot and we get very little asking about much else every now. Like I think last night for the first time and maybe since we reopened, somebody asked if we had Trulies. um, Every now and then we'll get some random person, I assume possibly homeless, that asks if we have Bud Light seltzers because I don't understand possibly that one. Homeless, um, <laughs> like that we're willing to just give away. I I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, it's we go through you know, and we get we get a lot of White Claw drinkers. Um, you know enough that I would say we maybe go through a case of. I wouldn't even say each flavor. Maybe the popular flavors, um, you know, the black cherry, raspberry. We go through those probably a case every two weeks or so. You know, it's okay. not a ton, but it's it's certainly prevalent. You know, there's, we see there's it. still a little bit of laws. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. When are you drinking? <laughs> there's minor laws. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say because I know I tried got a case of the Bud Light, <clears throat> and I didn't like a single freaking one of them, but it was on sale. But yeah. Yeah. But no, here in Des Moines, that the seltzer beers are really, 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 really popular in a lot of bars. But I don't know how much they actually sell. I just know they have a shit ton of it yeah. sitting there on the shelf. Well, and it's, and they must be doing okay at least to an extent because I know like a lot of the times that in our store we try and order a case of black cherry white claws. Um, Iowa beverage doesn't have a case in the warehouse to send us. You know, they just you know we'll try again next week, sort of thing. Um, I know we got that this last week. Um, they couldn't bring us any because they were out. And then uh, that day that we found out that, like, I went to Hy-Vee. I was going to buy more White Claws. And the only thing they had was three shelves of mango White Claw. That was it. Um, and then I think I think White Claw rolled out, like, a 70-calorie variety. They have some of those. But it's, those are also all just, like, grapefruit and mango. And uh, none of the... None of the ones you really want to drink. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're going pretty, you know, they're selling pretty well, I think, everywhere. Um, and it's it's certainly interesting to watch because, I, you know, I, I've been, anyway, at least when I go out to eat, it's, I guess, maybe since, what, March 15th, I've maybe been out to eat somewhere twice at most. Um but even then, you know, I've been drinking the White Claws a lot for about two years, and it's been, if I go out to eat, you know, I'm drinking a beer, I'll try something new on tap sort of thing. I don't go into a restaurant ordering White Claws. That's just, that's not appealing to me. It's not a sit and drink with dinner sort of thing, but yeah, what, apparently no, it works for ask, some what, what food pairing do you choose the <laughs> the Black Cherry White Claw versus, is like, is is the mango more for like seafood and <laughs> it's, it's a little for, more about like what flavor of Doritos you bought earlier that day. <laughs> <laughs> 
what item you have, on the like, Taco Bell menu does this pair with? Right. The, it's, how the, many pizza rolls do you have left in the freezer? Yeah. And the bagel bites. Right. Jack's, Jack's <laughs> I was, pizza. I, I was having a conversation with some people tonight where uh, we were going to hatch um, a restaurant where the concept is just leftover food and you're only open from like midnight to 3 a.m. So all you're doing is just reheating leftover food to feed to drunk people because that's when most of like your bad leftovers get consumed. Right. And so yeah. we're like we save on food costs and like, well, how's this prepared? Well, it's prepared in a dirty microwave if you want, or you can just go ahead and eat it cold. <laughs> We've been cooking four different meals on this pizzazz over here for the last 30 minutes. Um, We've reheated the this on a George broke Foreman down, grill. So we got out a <laughs> yeah. hair dryer. Yeah. 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 Do you want silverware or do you want to just eat this laying on the floor with your hands? It's fine. We had some. Um, we're, we're not sure what that is, but we accidentally left it in the oven for about 30 minutes at 350. <laughs> and it's just. <laughs> It might be all right, but it looks like shit, you know. And I just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I we're out of taco shells, but we do have this uncooked pizza crust. Oh, <laughs> turn into a taco shell and just <laughs> put meat and stuff in it for you. Aaron, that sounds like the voice of experience talking. Um, no, no, not me. I'm a gourmet chef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, that? that was some mic. That was some mic problem. Good I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You saw I mean, the lasagna I made the I, other night. I'm not gonna say that I haven't even recently looked in the cupboard and went, "Shit, I made these hot dogs. And I'm out of hot dog buns, but I do have tortillas." <laughs> that oh, works, man. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done the tortilla dog. Yeah. There, there is a uh, on Instagram. Is that pigs in a Mexican blanket, then? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that is. Uh, um, there's a there's this Instagram account called Boys Who Cook, uh, and it's all just like people who you know like terrible cooking culinary innovations. And one of them the other day was hot dogs and tortillas. Yeah. So oh, hey, I've I've split hot dogs long ways to put them on regular. Bread, right? Oh, you yeah. Know. Oh, yeah, on bread on no, hamburger buns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you do what you gotta do. It's not like so. the hot dog is a a a um, well respected piece of yeah. meat. That, yeah. Oh no, I can't cut this against the grain, otherwise it's going to ruin the integrity <laughs> of the culinary masterpiece of a yeah, Hormel exactly. hot. Yeah, and, well, that's, and that's if you're spending the big bucks. Yeah, I get it. Nobody's you nobody's sitting to. <laughs> at home thinking how am I going to treat these lips and assholes with respect exactly. <laughs> right you know it, in the shape that they come in in nature tubes <laughs> <laughs> yes oh man um, so I do have one more question for you Sean that before we get into our our tasting part and, and I asked this because as a guy who works behind the bar, do you guys carry the Bud Light Shaladas? Oh, God, no. Okay. <laughs> so I have a friend who, like, that's what he looks for all the time. That he do, That's all he'll drink. And it's Bud Light Shaladas. And if they don't have that, then he'll have them make one for him with the whatever they have, right? Yeah. And I was just like, oh. I don't know anybody else that drinks them. 
And so I was just wondering, or like, is there know, a pocket of the country somewhere that drinks these things? No, I mean, I know at one point in my employment history, we did carry them. And I'm assuming we ordered maybe one case ever. Um, and I think it sat in the cooler for three years. Uh, <laughs> it so was it really no, didn't change the flavor at all. Yeah, no, it, was, it still sucked. Um, it was just nobody ever ordered it like... It's now we do get a weird order, you know, every three, four months, somebody just and it's always it's always one of our new servers that come back. And they're just like, do we have a a chalada? (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, no, we don't. Uh, It's it's gotten to the point where it's almost easier for me to just approach the table and just be like, yeah, we don't have it. Like I can get you a Bud Light on tap with like some tomato juice in it. And we had. again not too long ago a couple weeks ago three four weeks ago there was a lady she was just like uh no absolutely not and it's just oh oh you're 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 a connoisseur (laughs) a discerning palate of gelata so yeah i i don't get the i have never understood the appeal of that like don't get me wrong i i've been I've gone down to the Ozarks with some of my friends, and one of my favorite drinks is, you know, a bushlight bottle, a splash of tomato juice, and a dash of Tabasco in it. That's a great lake drink. Oh, that's a you're great s- lake drink. You're sitting in a sports bar. You don't need a Bud Light canned chalada that I think they stopped making in 2007, but they're still selling because <laughs> nobody's buying it. There's so much sodium in there. It's just going to kill It cannot go bad. Uh, so what uh, do you guys do a fair amount of of bottled beer, though? I mean, if you only have, you know, eight draft lines, you must do a pretty decent amount of, of bottled beer as well. Yeah, right? we we do a decent, you know, we do a pretty good amount. Um, it's it's a lot, you know, mainly domestics, but we carry a few um, like we just started the last two weeks. We picked up Exile Oktoberfest. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, we do some of those other, we do a couple of the peace trees. We carry Blonde Fatale and Red Rambler from them. Uh, yeah, because you're, you're not so far away from Knoxville. It would kind of make sense right. that people would yeah. kind of consider that a localish. Um, outside of that, I guess we did a couple of, like, I think we did a few of the, like, cans from, I think, No Coast Brewing for a little while. But we just, we never really had much luck with them. Um so we'll kind of, you know, kind of like our our draft lines that we rotate. It's it's mostly your, you know, plain Jane stuff. We do, you know, we do summer shandy and a couple ciders and bottles and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, it's it's mostly pretty straightforward. You know, your Coronas, your, I think we have a couple of people just in town that are in enough. Like we do a decent amount of like select 55, which is a weird one to me. Um, yeah, that that's I'm. I actually don't hate that beer for what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I, like uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna go reach for it, but I <laughs> also can't imagine that you have a surprising that you would have an, uh, enough people asking for that to, yeah. to sell it. Yeah, it's, it's it's a strange one for sure. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know, we don't get too wild we've been doing we picked up we did uh the voodoo ranger ipa and cans for a little while which did all right um 
Very timely. It's uh Yeah, no shit. <laughs> just <laughs> just drank that on a recent pod recording. <laughs> like um less than twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've tried a couple different things. Uh and it's you know, like I said, we our beer refs are pretty good about working with us on just like you know, we'll kind of tell them like, here's what maybe what we're looking for. Um, they'll kind of bring us some samples and go, okay, does this work for you? You know, is this something you think people would like? And uh, some of it hits, some of it doesn't. Um, you know, we'll even try and workshop some of our samples to, you know, maybe some customers and be like, Hey, have you tried this? If not, we're about to try it. Do you guys want in? Would this be something maybe you'd like sort of thing? Um, which has been good, you know, obviously helpful to get the people who are actually buying the beer and get mm-hmm. their input. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not too crazy, but yeah, we do a good chunk of, I would, well, I wouldn't say necessarily a majority is bottles. We do, this time of year, like we kind of run bottles on our football specials, but you know how football's going right now. Yeah. Um, so it'll uh, be better for you in about a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, eh, let's, <laughs> sure. Let's pretend it will. Uh, <laughs> let's pretend everybody is going to play all of their games. This is a fun game. Uh, um. So, well, and for you guys, you a vast majority of your business has to be uh, regulars or semi-regulars too, right? So, yeah. so you're seeing a lot of the same things. You're seeing. A, a lot of the same drinks. It's not like you have people coming in constantly wanting, uh, you know, anything super exotic or anything like right. that. Anything super esoteric. So I'm sure that that helps some too. Um, but it, it's still nice to have something. You know, I think about the bars that I've been to where I've been a regular and they know me and, and I love when they can they can pour my drink before I even order it. But sometimes right. it's also good to have something where, well, what do you have that's new? What what do you have that's different? Yeah. So you're probably striking a balance a lot. Right. Yeah. And and I guess, uh, like I said, we do, you know, we do that with the beer um, uh, for sure. You know, we change things out uh, here and there. I think we do it maybe a little bit more on liquor sides um like i used to do before uh i think you know i think just the store itself every four or five months we change up our drink menu that we present to people that has like specialty cocktails and stuff mm-hmm. um and i used to do before the, the whole world happened um <laughs> I used to do every weekend. I would, you know, whether it was something I found online or something I just kind of messed with behind the bar, we would do like a specialty drink of the week on the weekends and stuff like that. Sure. Um, which again, you know, maybe sometimes was to get rid of something I didn't want taking up space in our liquor cabinet anymore. Right, but right. Um, <laughs> we got a special on this this drink that. <laughs> Features pinnacle cotton candy vodka. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean nobody here wants to just sit here and house Midori sours? I don't know. What to do. <laughs> I uh, I once invented uh, a shot called the naked iguana, and part of that was to go through Midori. So <laughs> I, I absolutely understand that. <laughs> oh well, man. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna hear from our sponsors. 
I do want to make sure that we obviously sponsors Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce, DeadEyeBarbecueSauce.com, um, all your local fairways and high V's in the Midwest and local E market, I believe, still carrying it. Um, but also our newest sponsor, uh, the American Home Brewers Association, um, American Home Brewers Association. Gives you access to, I believe it's 2,500 or so 2, advantages, plus, yeah. um, bars. It's not just about home brewing. You can use it at restaurants and bars. And uh, membership, I think, gets you the, uh, is it monthly magazine? You get the monthly magazine um, uh, as well as also uh, access to other publications. Yeah, so um, it's not just about home brewing, although that's a big part of it, but it, it can get you and probably pay for itself uh, with all the discounts and things you uh, can get from it if you do uh, peruse a lot of beers and things like us. So check them out, um, but you'll hear more about it in our advertisements. And then when we come back, left hand, milk stout, coming up on Bitter Units. Back when I started Deadeye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great Aunt Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. Welcome back to Bitter Units. We hope you enjoyed the messages from our sponsors. That's how we pay the bills around here, so we're sorry we have to dump them on you in the middle of the pod, but that's the way business works. Uh, so make sure you uh, hit up those sponsors, buy their stuff. It's all awesome. Uh, but I also want to remind you to listen to all the other podcasts on the Tailgate Society. Um, Culture Check, Sports and Corks. If you like Sean's dulcet tones, you can check him out on Matinee Baseball. And she's uh, a slew of other ones that I can't even hardly keep up with anymore old man strength and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure i'm forgetting something um but there's a lot um something for everybody over there so check it out um you can find us separately a little bit on at bitter units on twitter we've created our own handle pretty new um, we've had it for maybe a week or two so check us out there you'll get all the updates uh, plus there's a tweet with information to the aha if that's something you're interested in um, and, uh, and various sundry other things as well that will pop up on that timeline that uh, i take no credit for whatsoever it's all tim all the time no matter what he says otherwise um <laughs> and uh so all the time we, <laughs> yeah we're we are back with left hand milk stout i will say that sean currently is not with us uh some technical difficulties have arisen and uh, he may try to pop back in here with us but uh, if we don't get him we sure appreciate him being on um but uh so we we have a, a situation uh, here where left-hand milk stout is the beer, but there are two varieties uh, that you can purchase. Um, I 
bought the more sophisticated, fancy variety uh, in a nitro can. Tim, I believe, also has the nitro. I did the nitro, but I did the nitro in the bottle, and we'll discuss that a little bit, too. And he has the nitro bottle, so I have the can, he has the bottle, and JT has the non-nitro version, just the regular milk stout in a bottle, right, JT? Yep, in a bottle right here, the OG non-nitro. Yeah, the way beer should be tasted. Uh, Variety of the milk stout. All right, so I'll go and talk a little bit about that. Um, we'll kind of get into the nitro here in a second, but I'll just introduce Left Hand Brewing uh, before we jump in- into any of that. Left Hand is a brewery out in Longmont, Colorado. We've mentioned Longmont, Colorado before when we were talking about Oscar Blues. Uh, so it's definitely one of those uh, uh, early kind of 90s brewing pedigree uh towns that that has um just been kind of a a staple for for craft brewing out of colorado left hand i believe was started in the early like 93 i want to i want to say it was uh started by just a couple college buddies that that homebrewed. You know, we've talked before on here that a lot of breweries just started out by guys that were homebrewers who, who were dumb enough to think that they could turn it into a real business. <laughs> uh, um, I, the name Left Hand, they were originally known by. I don't remember what it was, uh, but they had to change because there was another brewery or alcohol business but they wanted to to kind of pay homage to the indigenous people of the area and one of the one of the chiefs of a, a tribe indigenous to the area in Longmont Colorado uh, his name translated to left hand so that's literally where the name comes from it's not cuz like I the, I don't know I guess I don't know the handedness of of the owners but it, but it literally comes from uh, a, a chief of one of the indigenous people, indigenous tribes, uh, in the area of of Longmont, Colorado. Um, like I said, they've been around since since ninety three ish. They are have been known very much for their their milk stout. They do make other beers. They're also one of the innovators in craft in nitro beers in packaging. Um, you don't see that a ton. Uh, you see some. Uh, Nitro, just in general, to give you a brief history, since we haven't talked about it, since we don't do a whole lot of, of beers that are on Nitro. Uh, Nitro beers were invented the earlier earlier part of the 19th century uh, by the, the Guinness people, actually. And what they were actually trying to do is recreate the experience of a cask engine where, you, where the beer is pumped up from the cellar and you get a nice soft fluffy head and kind of gets injected with air makes it nice and, and soft and smooth uh air is 78 percent nitrogen and so the, but the challenge is, is that oxygen can be detrimental to beer and so what you want to do with nitrogen is you're taking the vast majority of air like you would in a in a beer engine in a pump pumping it up but not have the stuff that that's detrimental to beer 
And so a lot of your your mix, a lot of times distributors, if if Sean were on here, he'd tell you about Guinness mix. That's where you might have something that's mostly CO2 pushing your, your beer lines. The Nitro Taps, the Guinness, the left-hand milk stout on Nitro, those are 75% nitrogen. The idea being that gases, the ideal gas, I will tell you that, that gases keep other gases in solution. So if you want to have nitrogen stay in solution in your beer, then you go ahead and uh, put uh, nitrogen uh, on top as well. So what you see with this, this uh, this beer is that it has a good long sustaining head because that nitrogen isn't escaping out into the atmosphere. It's staying right there, and so it has a nice, good, long sustaining head. Because it doesn't have that, that carbon dioxide, though, or it has less carbon dioxide, it has less of that carbonic bite, it's not as effervescent, so it, it comes across perceptually on the palate as creamier or smoother. Uh, nitrogen also kind of creates this really tiny, really dense bubble which gives that a nice, really kind of full and velvety thing. People always talk about how Guinness is a meal in a glass. Well, it's not. It has less calories. Uh, it has less sugar than a lot of other beers. It has less alcohol than a lot of others. You just have a kind of that filling full effect because you drink it slower and smoother. You're not getting oxygen or CO2 breakout going on with all of that. There's not a whole lot of CO2 to fill you up necessarily. Um and so when we talk about nitrogen versus regular, you kind of have to think about it like cask or real ale for those that are that are familiar with that uh, versus a traditional ale. But a, a style like stout, you're not going to really have carbonation in the first place. So that was my way too long uh, description of what the difference between nitrogen and regular is. Uh, Nerd I, alert. Yeah. So... <laughs> Looking at Aaron and JT's faces, they obviously care a whole hell of a lot about this. Let's get to drinking. So let's go ahead. Yes, let's go ahead and get to drinking. So uh, you have poured that into your glass. If you have poured it from uh, a nitro bottle for left hand, for those of you who are drinking along at home, you're going to want to pour that fast and hard. If you're pouring it from a nitro can, uh, you're going to want to pour it very similar to how you would a regular can and if you're not drinking nitro then you want to do a good proper beer pour like you would any other beer uh so you've got that poured in, into your glass go ahead and raise that up what are you guys seeing there oh uh, so i'll start it's dark um you cannot uh see through this beer even if you hold it up into the light uh, you can't see through it. It's super dark. Um, I I don't know. I was expecting a, a more head than I got. Sure. Um, I opened the can, talked for a minute, let it sit before I poured it into the glass. Um, so I'm not sure if maybe I didn't get that cascading yep. uh, look to the head that I should have gotten. So that's probably on me. But I do have still even having done that and probably not doing it the way I should have, I still have a nice quarter inch or yeah. so head yeah. sitting on top. Um, that is a chocolate milky type color. Yeah, absolutely. JC, what are you seeing out of the non nitro? It's very dark. I mean, probably the darkest beer we've done so far. 
maybe if you look at the bottom of the glass, a little bit of a brown red hue, just barely. But if you try to look through it, I mean, this is as dark as midnight. I mean, this is as dark as you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still a very pleasant looking mirror. Um, yeah, I it definitely, as we say before, it looks like beer. But compared to all the IPAs and lagers that we've done, this is definitely on the complete opposite scale. Even the Oreo Speedwagon was not this dark. I mean, it is very, very, very non-transparent. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 midnight. So Sean is actually back. Welcome back, Sean. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> um, <sighs> I was talking while you were gone about uh, gas blend. Uh, do you guys have a nitro tap on at your sports bar? Uh, we do not. No. Okay. Um, so you you only have one like, gas blend. Do you know what your gas blend is in back? I no, I could not oh. tell you for sure. Okay. okay. So you're you're probably sixty forty or seventy thirty, and by that the sixty or seventy means CO two to nitrogen. Right. Uh, Right, because what's going to happen as you push your beer through through the the draft lines, it might absorb. Nitrogen is different than CO two. CO two goes into solution pretty readily at cold temperatures. Nitrogen takes a lot of high pressure just to get into to solution, but it also requires equal agitation to kind of get out of solution, which is why when I said uh, as you were pouring this. Uh, if you're doing it out of the bottle, you want to pour hard. What you're trying to do is you're trying to agitate that CO, that that nitrogen out of solution, and that's where you get a little bit fuller head. Uh, Aaron, for you, even though your can should have a widget in the bottom that helps uh, agitate it, you probably should have poured that harder. You said that's on me for not doing that. Well, no, that's actually I'm going to say that's on on left hand for not giving you clear, explicit instructions on how to pour that beer. Uh, and maybe they did on the side of their can. I don't know. I, I know. Uh, you don't yeah, know. you're assuming I read shit. I was gonna say I don't. I know you don't know how to read, so I think that's <laughs> fine. Like I, I get that. Um, and so you're not gonna get that big fluffy head. The thing I, I have a struggle with when I drink nitro out of a bottle, is because I'm doing the agitation. I'm also introducing uh, oxygen into the mix, and that it's not gonna. Uh, oxidize the beer. I'm not going to get trans and all out of that beer right away. But what I am going to do is I'm going to get these big fish eyes. So I said that nitrogen is a really small, really dense bubble, which is why, Aaron, you have that quarter-inch head of foam that kind of still sits on there and is lingering. You probably still have a quarter or an eighth of an inch head of foam even after sitting here for a little while, right? Well, I um, mean, there probably would be if I hadn't drank it. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is that you know when you have those big fish eyes, those are oxygen, and it kind of ruins the fluffy, uh, full head feel. Um, and so, yeah, you've lost kind of that mocha-colored foam. JT, you didn't really have that. Um, so I go ahead and give it that aroma. Go ahead and give that a, a little smell. So I'm actually going to start with our, our guest here. Sean, what are you smelling when you stick your allergy-ridden nose in there? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well, yeah, what I'm getting through for, sorry for the uh, visualization of my snot-filled nose. <laughs> um, it is, it is still, I mean, it's a pretty potent, it comes through, um, there is that uh, kind of that, 
certainly that kind of cocoa flavor that uh that chocolatey you know it, it hits you pretty hard um it's not you know it, it tells you quite a bit about what you're getting in that uh <clears throat> excuse me in that first drink um yeah it's, you feel you can smell that that chocolatey kind of milk milk flavor even through the smell right jt yeah i definitely get a, a chocolatey smell to it maybe just a hint of oatmeal in the in what i've got but yeah definitely the first thing i got was definitely chocolate uh cocoa is a much better word of saying that honestly but yeah jt's nose is working yeah, I, <laughs> I don't get it as potent as you guys do, but I definitely got a little something, something. So, well, the the uh, the oatmeal I think was actually a pretty astute uh, thing to pick up in here as well. So fantastic, uh, Aaron! Uh, you got two guys that already gave really good answers. Yeah, I, they, I, I mean they've, they've <laughs> covered it. The term I would have used was was and because I I equate it to the smell a little bit to the mocha coffee drinks from like Starbucks kind of smells like that. Um, So they get a a little bit of a roasted smell and a mocha, which would be chocolatey, you know, type of smell. But that's what it reminds me of that. That smell strikes me as the bottled, you know, the glass bottled Starbucks mocha. Yeah. Whatever drink, you know what I mean? Um, whatever the hell that thing is technically called, um, that's that's what the smell reminds me of. Right. So you get you get kind of that that roasty and kind of caramelized sugar type of nose, uh, right? You know, when you say that the Starbucks mocha, it's not just coffee. It's there's a sweetness to the smell as well, right? Um, right. You know, and that's like the the well, like the head was that chocolate milk color. It's yeah. A little bit of that milky smell. Yeah, too, sure. which is why I equate it more to a mocha than just a chocolate. Yeah, so yeah. so we what we haven't talked about as we've gotten into this is this is a milk stout, and what that really means is that this has lactose added. Uh, lactose is not a fermentable sugar, so the yeast aren't going. You know, you throw that into the boil, and it's going to dissolve into the boil, but the yeast aren't going to ferment that out, and so it's going to add that mouthfeel that body that we'll get into here in a second and it's going to add a lot of that sweetness and that sweetness can can even come through uh in the nose for sure um so yes yeah 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 i i have a lot of nose feel going on (laughs) nose feel That is a new category. Nose feel. Uh, I'm I'm gonna actually make you guys snort the next beer and tell me the nose feel. <laughs> I've snorted weirder things. I'm trying. Um, all right. Well, well, let's go ahead and get into to drinking this thing and and talk about taste, mouthfeel, and finish, huh? All right. So JT, you let that thing kind of sit in your palate. I noticed you kind of you know let it. Fill up your mouth and and uh, and swish it around a little bit. What are, what are you getting out of what this thing tastes like? What it feels like in your mouth? I was gonna say you something we mentioned a couple podcasts ago. Uh, God, it's the one I couldn't find in the bottles. So I had to go have at a local bar here because they had it on tap. Saison de Pont. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, I definitely got a lot more bubbles on this than I remember when I first got this, but uh-huh. it's a very smooth for a stout. Um, let me do it again. I like this beer. Yeah, I kind of figured this would be right up your alley. <laughs> it's not as chocolatey or as as we did with the Oreo Speedwagon. Mm-hmm. There's not that vanilla like we had before, but it's, it's not as sweet. It. No, it's, definitely yeah. not as sweet. It's very subtle, uh, which is a terrible word, and I hate using it, but I don't know what else to say. But I like it. It's very pleasant. It's smooth. It's easy to drink. And I know that's what you're supposed to get out of nitro, which I can't do. But yeah, this is a beer that I had. Shit. Uh, I think I first had this. This is probably going 10 plus years ago when I was watching you and I play Wichita State. We went to a sports bar and they had this on tap, and I gave it a shot. I'm like, man, this is really, really good. So. That's one redeeming thing you can say about Wichita, Kansas, uh, is that they had this on tap. But, yeah, it's a good beer. If there's two things you can say uh, redeeming about Wichita, Kansas, you're a better person than me. The only redeeming thing would be having having this beer on tap. Uh, um, No, I liked that, you know, you compared it to the Oreo Speedwagon. I think that's, that's kind of a neat way to do that. That's a beer that uh, has the, the real madagascar bourbon vanilla bean in this you get vanilla out of this but it doesn't have vanilla sweetness because they're not adding vanilla and i in oreo speedwagon i believe they said they added added uh cacao nibs or something like that i think they said they had added that as well again you don't have this this is all just the the malted barley and the different varieties that they've chosen that are doing all the heavy lifting on that uh so it is going to be more subtle than that but you can see how even a beer like that the heavy lifting is really being done by by the malt. Uh, Aaron, how about you? What what are you getting? Um, so I'm going to give you a description of what I what I equate it to, which is going to sound really weird, and it's not going to sound super appealing, but just know that it's something that I really like, and so it is to me. Um, so I'm going to preface with that. This is like a colonoscopy, right? No, no, no. Well, I mean, there's nothing. If you like that too, that's okay. Um, but think about the bottom inch or two inches of a coffee pot that has been sitting for about four hours on the burner and has really gotten sludgy and dark, right? Then in order to drink it, you throw a bit of cream in it. And a little bit of sugar to take the edge off of the bitterness and the and all of that, and you get this. And it's delicious because you've creamed it up a little bit, and you've put a little bit of sweetness in it, but not too much, just to kind of cut, you know, take the sharp edges off. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not super bitter. It's not, um, you know, and I have the nitro version, but it's a, it's a you know, into the mouthfeel part, you get that creamy thickness kind of feel um, that you get from a sludgy cup of coffee at the end of the pot. Right. Um, If it's really been there that long. So um, like I said, it doesn't sound super appetizing when you describe it that way, but trust me, I like that kind of stuff because I'm just a little bit mental. If you haven't noticed from all the pods that you've listened to. So, um, but I really like this and, and, you guys know the maltier and darker beers are really my jam. That's I prefer these to a lot of the IPAs we drink. So I, I do really like this beer and it is the first time I've ever had it. 
Yeah, I, I think um, I think Aaron, that was a very apt and very terrible way to describe this. <laughs> no, 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 it's appropriate. No, no, no. Nitro beer tastes like the bottom of a two-day-old coffee Keurig or coffee urn. Yeah. I don't. That's I don't know. I like. I know JT. You have a. Uh, you have uh, sort of a bias against nitro. I don't. It's not the nitrogen that's doing that. I think it's just that a lot of beers that go on nitro. Uh, so nitrogen, like one of the things that makes Guinness work so well is Guinness is a dry stout that finishes dry, but the nitro adds sort of a, a silkiness to the beer that. Uh, you normally just try to accomplish through uh, sugar, residual sugar, and having a fuller mouthfeel and those those type of things. You can get dry and not a lot of residual sugar, and the nitrogen and the lack of of CO two is going to make it be easier to drink. Um, this one also actually has the lactose that kind of helps with that. So, I yeah, I. <laughs> Sludgy coffee is, is again. Yeah, yikes! What uh, is uh, tasty? Yeah, I, I'm I'm worried about just the way you enjoy anything. And... <laughs> 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 I, you know, I, I've made fun of you for having the palate of a twelve-year-old, and, and that's not uh, that's not with my monocle on, but just because uh, you don't like any food. I, our last guest said, you know, considered you to have a, and you know, like a broad palate and be discerning and all of that. Uh, she only wants you drink one beer. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, wait until she listens to this episode. Um, she, so I'm sure yeah, she'll she have some. She's like the perfect Tinder date of beer. So, uh... <laughs> so I'm sure she'll have some words for me on this one. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. But uh, hey, I mean, I can't, I can't help it that. You know, I just, you know, give me the stuff that'll put some hair on your chest. You know, it's uh, that dark, sludgy, you know, stuff is it's the way to go. I, I don't know. All right. All right. Well, uh, with hair on your chest in mind, uh, Sean. Uh, do you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have any, do you, Sean? Uh, no. It's... <laughs> nope. Nope. Clean as, clean as a whistle, man. It's... <clears throat> It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I think there was one once and we got rid of it instead of president. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, my take, I, I will do, I will say some simple words. I won't throw in what I feel like almost feels like 14 sexual innuendos on Aaron's end. Of <laughs> terrible phrasing, um, and that's not even counting the word mouthfeel. How many times you said it? Um, but no, I mean I've yeah, had, at least I didn't use moist. I, that's true. Uh, that's about the only one you missed. Uh, moist mouthfeel. Okay. Uh, well, you said nose feel, Sean. So that's <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So that's, yeah, you do got me in a corner there. <laughs> Um, no, it's, I, I've had a few, like, I'm not a dark beer person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so when you kind of told me when this is what we were doing, I'm just like, yeah, I'll try it. Like I even brought it home. I told my girlfriend, I'm like, 
I bought it. It's a six. All that all Hy-Vee had was a six pack. It's the 16 ounce. I have the nitro cans. Um, I go, I'm going to drink one of them. We're going to have to find a new home for five of them. That's just <laughs> the way I felt. Um, but I drank one before we, before we started. Um, when you came back said, you know, that we were going to do the tasting notes. I poured another one. Like I actually really enjoy this one. I've tried a handful of milk stouts in the past. Um, this one's not, it doesn't sit heavy. It doesn't, it goes, you know, as, uh, as JT much better put, it's pretty smooth. Uh, you know, it'll just, <laughs> It's not. I would never go. Is it sludgy with creamer um, <laughs> and sugar? Not, somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's gonna pay me to write the sell sheets. Oh, it's not gonna right. happen. Uh, Is it gonna pay no, you to do it's, anything? It's also no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it dawns on me that Aaron used to sell cars, and if you've ever drank the coffee at a, a car dealership, oh, uh, or th- th- in a school as a teacher. Well, yeah, that's true. So I, yeah. it, it's finally putting together to me why Aaron has this natural affinity towards awful coffee. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron's <laughs> only bought Mr. Coffee coffee makers from Goodwill for the last 30 years. Uh <laughs> But no, I I think it's it's you know like they said it's smooth. It's not it's not heavy like a lot of even just stouts in general, obviously. But like milk stouts that I've had that they try to combine some different ingredients. And you know I've had a few like cocoa milk stouts where they try and hammer extra flavors in there. Um, it's smooth. I like it. I again I don't drink dark beer and like i said three hours ago i was sitting here going i'm getting rid of five of these and just yeah. no i'm keeping the, i'm keeping these at home now i'm finishing the rest of these this is i enjoy this we've quite converted a bit. one yeah this is this is one where uh you know i, I believe <laughs> i believe uh i i have been called out uh when aaron really wanted to try to to start morning day drinking last saturday at like eight in the morning, uh, and I tried to to back him up with saying I almost made my my coffee. I almost put whiskey in my coffee. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I believe I was called out on the TGS Slack for for being weak for not uh, morning drinking. But you could have this with with your your morning pancakes. One hundred percent. It'd be great. Right yeah. before watching some football, I think this would be not a problem because you feel like you're drinking, you know, a, a mocha coffee before you. You do that, um, yeah. or as a dessert with a natural vanilla flavored scoop of ice cream in it. Oh yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you know what you, you you put the vanilla ice cream on your pancakes and you just eat it all together. Sounds legit to me. Yeah, I right. just I'd be cool with you know you put down a fourteen ounce ribeye and four scrambled eggs. Oh, oh, that sounds perfect. No hash browns? Scramble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, over easy. No, I'm only, I'm, I'm too busy working. I'm grilling a steak to perfection. I don't have time for eggs. I can't over easy an egg while I'm doing a medium rare 14 over ounce. Over easy I get out of here. less work than scrambled. 
You have no idea how lazy I am in the kitchen. I am getting so hungry. I really wish someone had a leftover <laughs> food late night bar that I can go to. <laughs> a leftover food late night bar. Yes. <laughs> now, see, what you need to do, Tim, is you need to buy that food from the other restaurants around that are getting yeah. ready to throw it out at the end of the night. Right. So and that, then open so a that bar. they make money, but you get it on the cheap. They're not just throwing it out. But sure. you can pick it up cheap. And it's and just it's, like dealer's choice on whatever uh, everybody has right? left. Right. I know yeah. our, our restaurant alone tonight finished with, we had probably about 24 to 30 ounces of prime rib left that we didn't sell. Dude. Right. And so and so I feel like I'm helping <laughs> solve the food waste no, crisis in this country. That's one serving, <laughs> by the way. 24 to 30 ounces of prime rib. Yeah, you're not going to like that price tag, though. Uh, well, you actually, it it might not bug you too much in our restaurant, but yeah, I know there's restaurants where it'll drive you fucking nuts. If I if yeah. I can if I can buy that dirt cheap though and turn that into like some uh, prime rib reheated with some oh. eggs over easy for you when you're drunk. It's a, it's yeah. a prime rib French dip. Yeah, exactly. Right? <sighs> I'm telling you, on the cheap. You, you could run out. Do you know how many times you could catch me at yeah one thirty in the morning? Are you selling me a prime rib breakfast burrito for thirteen dollars? <laughs> oh god! Absolutely. See, I know this is a brilliant idea. <sighs> it's, I think it needs to be a food truck. Oh again, yeah! Oh I'm, yeah! Make it mobile. Again, I'm I'm thirty years old. The greatest sandwich I've ever had in my life was one forty five in the morning from Marco's Cheese Stand. In Iowa City, it was just a ham and cheese, <laughs> and it's the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And I know I was super drunk, but no, I know that there's I know there's nothing that has ever hit that spot for me better than that <laughs> ham and cheese did that night. And twenty and, years later, he's still chasing the dragon. What was the place in Iowa City with the pokey? <laughs> Gumby's. Okay, gonna be so like good. Hair, but... No, there was no, one no. in Ames, but it was forgotten about. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was Pokey one in Ames. Oh, one time. pokey sticks were such good drunk food. I, pokey I, sticks, yeah. I defiled oh. some pokey sticks on my twenty-first birthday. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm. So I bought this as a as a mixed pack. Um, they had their seasonal tiki pina colada nitro beer which i did not particularly <laughs> care for did you drink um, the peaky rays the entire time i did not okay um the did other you beer buy mini was... umbrellas no did, i gave did one you, can did, to my did neighbor did you wear a grass skirt when you drank it i did not did your brother send you uh, a, a ukulele and uh, a pig on a stick uh i have a ukulele that he made for me many years ago your brother um, made a ukulele. Yeah. Are we talking about this? Lots of ukuleles oh. over the years. I mean, we uh, drink, so I don't I don't know. He used to do a lot of that. Yeah. Um but uh and then there's a uh, flamingo something, I can't remember exactly what the name of it is, which is a raspberry and black currant blonde ale that was part of the mix pack. That was drinkable and palatable. I mean they all were drinkable, but not my thing. 
Um, but my wife really liked it. And then after this pot is over, the next one I'm going to drink is the Imperial Stout mm-hmm. uh, that is in that mixed uh, pack. So um, I hope it's as good as this was. This is yeah. fantastic. Um, so get out, try some left hand, obviously. Uh, beers if you haven't, because I'm, I'm not sure how. When did you say this opened? When did they come into existence? Uh, 93, I believe. The brewery's yeah. pretty neat. The tasting room's actually pretty small, uh, but it's a fun place. Uh, it's kind of on the, the outskirts of, of Longmont. Um, I, it's a good time, though. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not sure how a beer that was right in my wheelhouse for drinking beers, how I've either, well... I shouldn't say I've never had a beer from there because it's entirely possible that I forgot that I've had a beer from there. But uh, in my memory that I don't, I don't remember one. Um, they're, is, they're, they're a top 50 craft brewer. Yeah. According to the brewer station, they're a top 50 in production. So uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's entirely possible. I've had one. And yeah. I just forgot it from 25 years ago, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, not that I was drinking 25 years ago. Don't do the math people. Um, but uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? What? Uh, but uh, hey, yeah, it's so year old. Yeah, we're old, so it's okay. Um, Twenty five. No, years I said ago. you're old. Uh, you're you just as old as I am, almost there. Chief. Yeah, I know. Uh, right. Don't drag me down this rabbit hole. Next, next <laughs> summer is my my twenty five year high school reunion, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure I won't be going. Um, <laughs> have but, you gone to any well I did go to my 10 really because I was Why? that's when I was back in Durant as the athletic director oh yeah you kind of have to yeah so I was I mean I was already there so um, but uh, Sean man thanks for uh, joining us It's it's been awesome it's nice to get a uh, view of the working side of the business the the front of the house i guess for lack of a better term on yeah. on that uh we've had a lot of the brewers and a lot of those folks on um and in some marketing people from the distribution side but i think other than maybe anya that we just recorded that we haven't released yet um not too many people that have been servers and and on the front side of the house um so we appreciate you jumping on here with us um shout out your work that you're doing at the tailgate society yeah, no, it's I appreciate you guys having me. This has been fantastic. I I know we've kind of worked on this a couple times and I'm glad it finally worked out. Um yeah, we're doing check out we're slowly I guess quickly running out of time. Uh matinee baseball is usually about every Thursday to Friday depending on how things can work in this weird little baseball season we're doing. Um, but we've been doing off season stuff for that too. Uh, we just kicked off a new, uh, we're not that drunk, um, last week, last Friday. Um, I do recommend it. Everybody, please go listen to that one. We had Reed Forgrave on, uh, it was great. Reed, Reed wrote a book about a, uh, a kid close to my age in my hometown that I knew and a family that I knew that, uh, that took his own life. Um, 
and basically, you know, kept a journal, read, covered it from the start. National, you know, syndication, they brought him in. He did a great GQ article on it. Uh, he's done numerous other things. He wrote a book. A local Minnesota writer uh, up here, too. He's, uh, yeah. And and the work that he did, you know, talking about CTE, even at the high school level, yeah. I think is something people need to listen to yeah. for sure. Right. It's, it's very cool. Um, re, they, so that book came out last week. Um, I will happily do a shameless plug for him and for that book. It's called Love Zach. It's available everywhere. Um, please go buy it. Some of the proceeds go to CTE Hope that blossomed from Zach's death. Uh, but it's been it's been awesome to be on here, guys. I appreciate it very much. It's it's cool. I'll come back anytime. Again, I'll I'll try beers. <laughs> I, uh, it's, uh, it's basically all going to be new to me. But uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. This has been this has been a ton of fun. Uh, you, oh. you guys are great. It's a good time, and and I don't know. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Well, you know, one of these days I'm going to have drank so many beers I won't be able to be considered the beer idiot anymore. I'll just be an idiot. <laughs> I think we're already there. So, we'll, we'll, we'll need a new one. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll need a new beer novice, but, you know, I'll still be the idiot. Um, to, quote, to quote Malcolm Reynolds, the days of that happening are certainly coming to a middle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. So, um we absolutely appreciate you again coming on. Uh, we want to remind everybody, as Sean just said, the other works there at the Tailgate Society, obviously. We're not that drunk that he was just talking about. His uh, other podcast that he does is Matinee Baseball, and that is not technically about baseball, the game itself, but movies that are about baseball, where they review them and tell you if they're good or not, um, and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, then in the off season, they do other sports movies. Um which I think you guys have done things like Vision Quest and a few others like that, you know, where when it's not baseball season. Yeah. There's um, been some goofy ones for sure. Uh, yeah, so um, they do that. It's a really nice. fun fun concept. Um, uh, Culture Check, which is exploring everything from movies to music to I'm assuming they'll probably do something on a TV show because um, they just – all of that stuff when it comes to pop culture, they're all over it. Um you know, so they all do those, one on the boys. Well, yeah, I think there'll probably be one on on community first because I know okay. uh, I know at least Arnold is a big community. Arnold's big on that one, so, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, so go to thetailgatesociety.com, rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify whatever the hell else other ones there are you can find us there podcasting site yeah um work (laughs) you know anywhere you can get an rss feed basically uh we're there and uh find us individually on twitter i'm aaron l wall we've got jt the nut and at tim johnson mn as in minnesota and you can also find us collectively at bitterunits.com or excuse me at bitterunits yeah, let's let's give uh, Sean his Twitter handle as well. I don't know it. Uh, yeah, it's basically anywhere <laughs> you can find me. It's at S M F E N. 
it's shockingly didn't get chained, didn't get taken on any platforms. So I pretty well <laughs> monopolized that one. SM fan. Um, so again, you can find us at our new Twitter handle for the show, bitter units. And uh, then we do have uh, in the works, bitter units.com, which will redirect you to the American homebrewer association, uh, dead eye barbecue sauce. We can put a link there that and uh, try to direct you to our sponsors and to the tailgate society but a nice convenient place to find us there um again fellas it's been fun two nights in a row i'm not sure if my liver can handle it but it's (laughs) gonna have to and uh sean thanks again for coming on the pod with us and uh i guess we'll hopefully see you next time on bitter units